Welcome to KC Corner episode 155. Um, sad week a little bit, you know, with the passing of Tim Keller and what he meant to the church and um, and what he brought to this world and just an incredible man. Absolutely incredible man. I, I don't know if anybody preached the gospel quite like he did and the way he magnified Jesus and the way that uh, he would... Uh, I love the fact he said like it's not about religion or irreligion. It's this gospel. You know, he would able to circle the gospel and really focus on that. And, mm-hmm. and what an intellectual! I mean, you know, the guy was incredible as far as reading goes, as far as you know, his his mind. But what an evangelist! Uh, there's so much about Keller. I don't know if you know this, Brooks, but I'm just finishing up his biography. There's a there's a biography that came out a few months ago. And it's more shaped around his thought life. It's mm-hmm. more like what what helped shape this guy to be who he was, and you know his seminary experience. You know he came to Christ at Bucknell mm-hmm. during the Jesus movement and kind of the Vietnam War kind of stuff going on, and how uh, that shaped his life. And it, it was it was fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a couple of days ago, Amy had shared a, a podcast and a sermon of his that he preached. I don't know when it took place, but it was on sexuality and marriage. And halfway through, he was just like what in the world am I doing preaching this in New York City? And everyone laughed because, you know, in New York City, that's not a place where you can talk about that stuff openly very easily. And to do that in such a big city and his love for cities, if you've ever listened to his sermons, is incredible. And he just kind of took it head on and wanted to go to that. He could have easily just been in a Bible thumping town, but instead took on the monster of New York. He took on the monster of New York and he did it (coughs) methodically. He did it with research. You Mm -hmm. know, I love the fact that, his, his time in uh, Philadelphia helped shape him and some of the churches that he was in there. Um, and, and really, he he kind of looked to England and London as a little bit before New York as far as kind of less post-Christian. Mm-hmm. And he looked to a couple of heroes. Uh, one guy's name is Dick Lucas, uh, who had, uh, preached, you know, kind of the same time Keller did in London in an old historic church, but just preached the gospel. And another one's John Stott. Then another one was Martin Lloyd-Jones, Dr. Martin Lloyd-Jones. And they've kind of become some of my heroes too. And he looked to them to say, okay, how did they address uh, the push the gospel into London? Because I'm going to have to do the same when it comes to uh, uh, in New York City. And yeah, it's, there's so much there. I mean, it's interesting. When Katie and I got word, I mean, it was it was sadder than we thought. I mean, you know, Katie, uh, who's not very, you know, she's... Wonderfully stable, fantastic, perfect person. Um, uh, not quite perfect, but um, really got a bit emotional. And mm-hmm. uh, it's like, wow, you know, uh, and we realized it's because of the impact he's had on us. And I had some time to be with him. I mean, mm-hmm. I spent some time alone time. I'm sure he talked about it at the end of his life. So. <laughs> anyway, what, what, what an incredible man. What yeah, a legacy. Same thing. That was Amy's guy growing up listening to his sermons. And we were uh, about to go on a walk when we saw the tweet that, uh, I think his wife had tweeted out that he had passed, and yeah, yeah, it was it was weird. Like someone that I'd never met, uh, you know, felt felt compassion for the family and sure. just how sad. And all the sermons and videos that we've watched yeah. of him, done KC corners or uh, mm-hmm. KC groups through some of his series yeah. and everything. It's it's uh it is it is sad, you know. And reading his biography, I'll end with this. We were, before we uh, tuned on the uh, microphones. I said I had a story for you, mm-hmm. and it has to do with Joel Damon, uh, that that guy on. Have you watched the, Full Swing and Netflix? I haven't watched Full Swing, but I know Joel Damon. The Joel Damon, the golfer. Yeah, and uh, you know it's a great story where you know he is uh, not not a very high ranked golfer, but mm-hmm. really kind of chooses not to be, mm-hmm. and, and not that he 
could be for sure. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people say he's got the game to be way up there. But yeah. he, you know, and I, I look at Joel Damon's life and you know the things he chooses to invest in that are not golf. Mm-hmm. And I look at you know it's, it portrays some of these others like you know Rory or or you know that some of the world's number ones that that's their whole life. Mm-hmm. And you know I think Brooks as we talked about Sunday night in the deeper dive our men's young men's study you know what do we want to do with our lives mm-hmm. you know where do you want to pour in and so i i realized reading tim keller's book he's probably more like rory McElroy. he's mm-hmm. probably uh he's got the mind and game that i just don't have he's mm-hmm. so much smarter he's just uh what he was able to read and do and and uh the conversations he could have you know um i didn't have that seat at the table <laughs> you know and I think I'm more like a Joel Damon, you know, somewhere <laughs> in the middle of the pack, you know, and he's a, he's a Rory McElroy, you know, he's a, uh, you know, it's hard to say Scotty Scheffler. I mean, I know he's world number one, but Scotty seems like a regular guy too, but yeah, I yeah. think we that, that, That's a great analogy. Yeah. Joel Damon has said, like, if I were to win the lottery, I would quit playing PGA tour golf immediately because yeah. it's a grind and you're, yeah. you're out there alone by yourself. He's like, I have way more fun playing with my buddies at like their clubs and everything. Yeah. Cause that's what they work 50 hours a week. That's what they look forward to doing. We hang out and, you know, just hang out as buddies instead of just grinding on the tour. It's incredible. <laughs> you know, when one of his best buddies growing up became his caddy, it's, it's a really cool mm-hmm. story. So we'll, we'll talk about that, but Hey, let's, let's talk about a little bit of scripture. Bro. Yeah, let's so do it. We are in, if I, we, we picked up, we're going to pick up in Mark 11, 27, I think is where mm-hmm. we left off. Let's, I think so. It's been slow through Mark. Holy yes, cow. yeah, like they are just crawling through it. We I have mean, just basically cover in maybe a chapter and a half. Here. Yeah, it's going through twelve, I think. And mm-hmm. then Second Corinthians, uh, which you know is incredible, and mm-hmm. uh, honestly, I love the first five uh, are probably my favorite verses. And then mm-hmm. we're, we're in six through ten now. Some good stuff, mm-hmm. and then and some great Psalms, Psalm one hundred through one hundred five is mm-hmm. what we're going to try to cover today. And then we're toward the end of First Samuel. Um, some really big things happen in this passage. A pretty important character gets introduced. Yeah, he does, say. exactly. <laughs> some, some kind of huge Goliath kind of guy and some uh, other folks. But yeah, so that's going to be 15 through 25. So. Well, we can start in Mark, Mark eleven twenty seven, And a lot of people are uh, questioning Jesus' authority yeah, in these, this kinda, chapter. They're questioning his authority and they're questioning him, you know, and all kinds of, they're trying to trip him up. So mm-hmm. it starts off with a... You know, all these, what I'm going to call big hats, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, the elders, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out, here comes, Jesus comes into town, there's a big hoopla, I mean, this is the end of the story, he's, he's in the temple teaching, and they're like, hey, Jesus, uh, who gave you the authority? So here's the authority, asking him, who gave you the authority? It's not us. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and Jesus, in his unbelievable jiu-jitsu, you know, <laughs> turnaround uh, style, says, okay, I'll tell you, but let me ask you a question first. Uh, John's baptism, was that from heaven or was that from earth? Was that that a man-made thing or was that a God thing? And they get together. They're such wusses. They get together and they're like, what do we say? Because if we say it's not from God, people might stone us because they love John the Baptist. And if we don't, we say... uh, if we say, if it's from heaven, they'll say, well, why didn't you listen to him? So they came back and said, uh, we don't know. And <laughs> I love it. Jesus is like, so I'm not going to tell you. And, you know, if you miss this, it's just, I don't know, something about that, Brooks. It shows the brilliance, the humanity, the 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 dignity. I mean, there's so much of Jesus's, the way he handled that, mm-hmm. that was 
awesome. Yeah, it's kind of like a in a TV show or a movie where you have the the boss guy with his little underlings, and they're kind of all pumping him up. He goes, "Hey, watch this! I'm going to get this guy right here." Yeah, and he hits him with a gotcha question, and he gets gotcha back. Yeah, exactly, uh, and, the, so and just it just kind of leaves with his tail between his yeah, legs. Yeah, that is exactly <laughs> it, Brooke. So then then he's uh, in twelve. Then goes into twelve. You know, he's back in the temple, and he's kind of telling a story about those guys. And he's telling the story of the vineyard that was rented to these farmers and that the owner of the vineyard kept sending servants back to get some of the fruit and some of the stuff that he rightfully uh, uh, owned. Uh, and they're like, oh, man, they treated him poorly. And the, the owner said, let me send the son. They're going to treat my son well. But what they do, they wound up killing the heir, the mm -hmm. son. And so the owner, it's pretty, pretty graphic. The owner says, hey, I'm these, these, uh, these farmers, these tenants, they're, they're going to be killed, you know, mm -hmm. and th this is going to be given to another but then he, he's going to quote Psalm 118, the stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. I mean, here he is fulfilling scripture. And the chief priests, they, 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 they knew it was about them. I mean, mm -hmm. they knew, oh, shoot, this was aimed at us. Mm -hmm. We want to arrest them. But again, it's interesting. They were afraid of the crowd. Mm -hmm. And it's that people pleasing. I mean, here they have the big hats. They have the authority. They don't know how to handle Jesus. They don't, they're afraid of the crowd. And it just... Uh, uh, that that just is so revealing to me about who these knuckleheads really were. Yeah, yeah, they're they're a little ashamed and kind of getting mad and want to arrest them. But like you said, they're uh, afraid of what the crowd would do to them and yeah. just kind of want to please them and and see what happens. And, and they, you know, we know that what's going to happen. It's going to be by dark and secret and mm -hmm. all that junk. I mean, they're they're afraid of the light. Yep. Then it's going to go into a, a story of the Pharisees and the Herodians. Now, Herod, King Herod, is this weird character that appears in the Herodians. And the Pharisees are really another match of unusual bedfellows. I mm -hmm. mean, you know, it's kind of like the religious and the irreligious being together. It's kind of weird. And they try to catch Jesus. They, you know, they're, they're asking him questions not to learn, but to catch him. And they they have that. I don't know if we how much we covered in Matthew, but, you know, hey, is it right to pay taxes to Caesar? And, you know, his response is classic. You know, mm -hmm. send, show me Render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and to God the things yeah. that are God's. Which is awesome. I mean, first of all, he asked for the coin. Now, hey, whose image is that? You know? and, <laughs> I see uh, one of those. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just amazing how, again, wisely he handles that. But render unto Caesar's the things that are Caesar's and render unto God the things that are his, basically. And whose image do we reflect? I mean, we reflect God's. If a coin reflects caesar's you know yeah, give him his share but whatever but we reflect we owe him everything and so the answer was so good they're like oh silence you know it's like <laughs> drop the mic so and and i mean they should have known this because jesus hung out with tax collectors all the time it's not like he's trying to you know get them not hanging out with them avoiding him telling people to not pay taxes like that's who he hung out with so the fact that they're even questioning him about it is well, kind of crazy yeah. You know, they hated Rome and they just figure like, you know, they, they get him somewhere, ask him a politically charged question. It'd be, it would be like asking him, hey, Jesus, what do you think about transgenders? You know, mm -hmm. what do you think about Bud Light, mm -hmm. you know, supporting Dylan, whatever his mm -hmm. name is, uh, her name, his name, whatever. <laughs> Sa so the Sadducees jump in the, the questioning Jesus. They want to question him. And so uh, they don't, by the way, they don't, they're sad you see because they don't believe in the resurrection. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed uh, it. Thank you very much. And so they tell this fictitious story about these seven brothers who all wind up with the same wife because mm -hmm. of this law in the Old Testament that a brother should step in if he dies without a child and, you know, bring, provide a child for the wife and uh, for his name, family name. 
And so they're like, okay, in the resurrection, which they don't believe, whose whose wife is she? Mm-hmm. And uh, I love it. He's like, hey, you guys don't even know. In, in heaven, <laughs> there's not going to be given in marriage and marriage the way we see it here. But I love how he ends. He goes, listen, God's not the God of the dead. Abraham, mm-hmm. Isaac, and Jacob. And I, it just, he's alive and there is resurrection. So... Yeah, that was that was phenomenal. Yeah, he ends up with he is not God of the dead, but the living. You are quite wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. And I love sometimes he says, "Have you not read?" I mean, sometimes yeah. he posts. Is this him. not the reason you are wrong? Because you know neither the scriptures nor the power of God. For when yeah. they rise from the dead, they neither marry nor are given in marriage, but are like angels in heaven. Wow, he kind of thumps them. You don't know scripture. You don't know the power of God. And then uh, one of them asked him a question, hey, what's the greatest commandment? Kind of threw him a softball. Mm-hmm. And he nailed it out of the, the park, you know, love the Lord your God, all your heart, soul, mind, strength, that neighbors yourself. And it's, it's so funny, the religious leader is like, hey, well done, Jesus. And, uh, and <laughs> Great Jesus, job. Exactly. Nice job. And he's like, I don't need a gold star from you. But anyway, he'll say, he, he says back to this guy, hey, you're not far from the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I always wondered about that. Well, you know. What does that mean? And I, I think, well, the reality is he literally wasn't far from the kingdom. The mm-hmm. king of the kingdom was standing right there. But So then it's going to turn, Brooks, and then Jesus is going to ask the question. So this is so cool, this passage where... <laughs> he finally gets his shot. Yeah, his shot. is like, <clears throat> okay, gentlemen, <laughs> let's talk about uh, this Messiah. Now, he's supposed to be son of David, right? And, and then he's going to quote Psalm 110 and say, well, right in Psalm 110, David calls the Messiah Lord... So how can this be? Is he a son or is he, you know, how can the son be the Lord? And uh, they never could give an answer. They were like, hmm, we, we, you know, if they open up their mouth, they're going to show their ignorance. So that was, that was cool. <laughs> I wanted to go back to the, the, the commandment and how he said the greatest commandment, love the Lord with all your lo- um, mind and strength and kind of parallel to what Paul said. I think we covered it last week of the greatest of all these is love, hope, yeah. love, perseverance. And he lists out all of those and goes, but the greatest of these is love. So yeah. having that parallel there. That's so cool. Yeah, that's right out of 1 Corinthians 13. Mm-hmm. So um, then it ends, this section ends with the, the, the watching the widow put mm-hmm. in the little teeny copper coin, the little mite, the widow's mite. Two copper coins, yeah, equal to coppers. a penny. Yeah, equal to nothing, you know, equal to a penny. And uh, he tells his disciples she put more in than anybody else because other ones gave out of their abundance. She gave out all that she had. And, you know, I when I was in Jerusalem, I bought uh, as cufflinks widow's mites, mm-hmm. these little mites that that a widow might have just to remind myself may i give all that i have Mm -hmm. you know and great little cool little story yeah i think in second corinthians as we transition uh, paul talks about this a little bit too nice he does (laughs) nice transition i got you i got you we're professional so professional (laughs) well chapter six starts off with kind of a and i didn't realize how much it's jumping into chapter five where he's reminding us that we are ambassadors of christ mm-hmm. we are god is reconciling the world through jesus now in six it starts off by saying hey we're god's god's co-workers yeah, of course we are because he's <laughs> given us a ministry of reconciliation and he's gonna say hey this is the time the time of salvation is now and it kind of there's some urgency with this of like hey this is our this is our season brooks to, mm-hmm. Let the good news of Christ go out and let's do it in a way where Paul will say, let's not put a stumbling block in front of everyone and anyone. And, you know, at a great cost to himself, he wanted the world to be reconciled in Christ and kind of ends with six by reminding us that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, that's really amazing. We're Mm -hmm. the, we're the unique place where God's spirit dwells, you know, Mm -hmm. and uh, he walks with us and talks with us and, uh, we should therefore not unite our bodies to something impure and 
you know, specifically in, in, in a, a sexual relationship or, or whatever. But yeah, and even with that, let's go into seven. He's mm-hmm. really going to say, because of that reality, purify yourself from anything that contaminates that body and spirit, mm-hmm. you know. And so there, there's a call to a holy living as a result of who we are. Remember, mm-hmm. holy living doesn't make us loved and accepted because we are loved and accepted. Something Keller would mm-hmm. be really great articulating. Um, therefore, we're supposed to respond. Yeah, well, I'm, Amy and I are watching a Tim Keller YouTube series right now. He's doing uh, Finding the Gospel in Every Book of the Bible. I think there's like 10 episodes, and they're wow. like 10 minutes each. And we just watched the Leviticus one, and he says the same thing that yeah. everyone says of people start and want to read the Bible through yeah. in a year, and they get to Leviticus and, and kind of shut it down. Yeah, yeah. And he said the point of that is it's lots of rules, lots of weird rules, lots of... Yeah craziness but it's showing that no one can be perfect no one yeah. can these are all the rules that you follow plus a million others yeah and so that no one can be perfect and kind of showing that yeah i know <laughs> and in the need for a sacrifice in mm-hmm. the blood of, and i love that i'll have to jump on that i love the fact you guys are doing that I'm oh yeah little, little 10 it. minute little 10 minute videos man they, they, they sound fantastic I, I i need to get that um you know and then in seven at the end of it he talks about which i think is so important the distinction between sorrow that leads to repentance that's a godly sorrow mm-hmm. you know when, when when the holy spirit brings to mind a sin that's grievous to god it, and then we truly repent we really truly turn from that you know, that, that's going to lead to life and then salvation without regret, it says. But there's a worldly sorrow that brings death. I mean, you know, we could be sorry for something. I especially think of uh, kids on a playground. You know, mm-hmm. it's often, hey, you got to say you're sorry. Sorry. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they don't really, they're just saying it to get off the hook. They're saying it because that's what they need. It's a worldly sorrow. They're, they're, they're sorry they were caught. And, and I think that that's not just a kid on the playground that's all of us i mean do we have deep repentance so mm-hmm. yeah. yeah he and he commands repentance too not yeah. just like you know do this to check a box he, he commands true true repentance true deep repentance and then eight's going to talk about this this uh, which always intrigues me it's there's a gift that was being collected for the church in jerusalem because there's a famine going on that's the kind of the backdrop mm-hmm. and the macedonian churches are going to give that gift and I love it. They gave out of their extreme poverty and hardship. I mean, how many times, you know, when your pockets are empty and someone asks for something, hey, man, I got no money. I got, <laughs> I, I, this is not the good time for it. But they were in a difficult spot, and yet they wanted to give to what the Lord was doing. It says even gave beyond their means, which is kind of, huh, is that a wise thing? Is it a wise <laughs> thing? You got a widow's mite who gave everything she got. And mm-hmm. as you mentioned, you alluded that we're going to hit this. And then uh, now you have... The Macedonian churches given beyond the means, but they had a, they had the right order. It said first they gave themselves to the Lord. I mean that's got to be the first act is mm-hmm. we surrender to the Lord. We gave ourselves to the Lord, and then to the will of God, and then to us. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, before you give a tithe to King's Chapel, first you need to really surrender to the Lord and, and to His will, and then then give to the ministry. It's a, it's a great order. Yeah. But a lot of times we do the kind of fake check the pockets for our wallet, see if we have some cash mm-hmm. or something that they, they're yeah. pulling out wads of cash that yeah. they shouldn't have been spending. Exactly. That, that was their grocery money exactly. that they went out and they were giving it all to the it's church. It's so true. Hey, can you read verse nine? Can you, are you in chapter eight right there? Verse yeah, nine? chapter eight, verse nine. Let's see here. Uh, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty, might become rich. I mean, that's just a beautiful portrait of the mm-hmm. gospel. 
you know, that's though, though he was rich, became poor, that through his poverty, mm-hmm. through his suffering, through the cross, through all of that, the riches that are given to us, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And, and then nine is going to kind of keep up on that theme and just say, hey, the, those who sow sparingly are going to reap sparingly. Mm-hmm. And those who, you know, uh, are generous, uh, it's going to be generous blessings. So it's, it's awesome. He has distributed freely. He has given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. Amen. I love (laughs) it. And then 10, can we jump to 10? Yep, go for it. 10 has uh, Richard Pratt, uh, who might preach uh, at King's Chapel in July. One of my heroes. There we go. Uh, uh, The the, uh, head of Third Millennial Ministries. Uh, He was one of my favorite professors. um, An amazing. And a KC Corner podcast guest. Exactly. (laughs) I should have started with that, Brooks. (laughs) Most importantly. He wrote a book, Take Every Thought Captive. And uh, it was based out of 2 Corinthians 10, where Paul is going to exhort us in the midst of all the different philosophies, all the worldviews. Hey, we got to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Mm-hmm. Think about that today. I mean, we are living in a time where take the thought of gender captive, take the thought of sexuality. We're going to have our Casey corner and Charlie's going to teach on that. You know, what, what, how do we as Christians, how do we are to respond? How do we, how do we take every thought captive? And it, to me, let's, let's go back to Joel Damon. You got to hit balls on the range. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is where we are. You got to, you can't just say it doesn't matter, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, um, I recently uh, I signed up for the weekend edition of the Wall Street Journal, realizing you know I, I got to get more into the conversation. I think I told <laughs> you that. And I've got this magazine called The Week is coming in, which mm-hmm. I used to have. That just kind of says the world view, the world events uh, in one place. And just to kind of remember, how do you take every thought captive? If if I'm not embracing if i'm not hearing the thoughts i mean not to the point where you're you're being uh indoctrinated by the thoughts but you know you got to know the argument so you can take the thought the, the make it obedient have the pulse of the nation yeah we gotta we gotta show you twitter we can, we can get you the pulse of the nation <laughs> i've heard about twitter. this thing called tweets <laughs> and so uh, and, uh, i gotta get into the world of twitter you got, brooks that's going to be your responsibility i got gotcha. you i got gotcha. you we'll get you some good you know get some good followers and yeah, everything. yeah that would be really good all right you ready to turn it towards psalms let's go to the psalms we're in the hundreds we're in the hundreds. 101 through 105 <laughs> i love it well, 101 starts off again, sing to God's love, sing, sing of God's love and justice. What a great combo. Mm-hmm. If you're going to sing, think about the fact that God is both loving and he's just. I mean, that's about as good as it gets. And he has a perfect uh, balance of the two, too. And so Psalm 101, it's going to kind of kind of challenge us. Hey, be careful to leave a blameless life. And that word blameless is hard. I mean, mm-hmm. you conduct your, your affairs with a blameless heart. Uh, you know, those who are blameless minister to God. It's just like... Wow, Lord, you know, how, how do I live my life? We all have handles. Mm-hmm. I mean, blameless is kind of without reproach. And uh, But how do we live our lives filled with the Spirit, bearing the fruit of the Spirit for the glory of God, pursuing holiness? Um, that, that's a tough one because all that blameless is like, hmm, I, I, uh, I know that's our call. Mm-hmm. But again, it makes me run to Jesus, the, the one who truly was blameless. Yeah, kind of in that same little stanza there. It says, I will walk with integrity of heart within my house. I will not set before my eyes anything that is worthless. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. And just being pretty mm-hmm. uh, pretty confident in, them, yeah. in themselves right there. Of like, I won't, I won't be a part of any of this. Yeah. Well, there's times that, you know, David wrote some of those, like, I'm not going to do that. Like, ooh, hello, David. Uh, yeah, right, if, so. if you read the story about him, which we will, uh, I, <laughs> yeah. think he, I think he ended up doing a lot of those things. Yeah, he sure did. <laughs> this is crazy. 
All right, so 102, um, kind of a hear my prayer and don't hide your face. I mean, mm-hmm. that, that's our prayer is God, turn your face to me. That's that comes out of that Aaron, ironic blessing in Numbers, you know, you make his face shine upon us and mm-hmm. throughout the Psalms. But what I really liked about 102, it's going to remind us that the heavens are the work of your hands, they're yours. But by the way, all that we see, they will perish. Um, but you're going to remain the same. They're going to wear out like a garment. You're going to change them out, the new heavens and new earth. But you remain immutable. Mm-hmm. We study that. You know, the same yesterday, today, and forever. God is eternal. Eternal, the universe isn't. Mm-hmm. And I like kind of kind of halfway through, let this be recorded for a generation to come so that a people yet to be created may praise the Lord, that he looked down from his holy height from heaven. The Lord looked at the earth to hear the groans of the prisoners to set free those who were doomed to die. Wow. I love it, man. What a, what a cool imagery. Mm-hmm. He could hear our groans. You know, he wants to set us free. All right. We talk about 103 and just reading it. And I know it's a, it's not the shortest one, but I, I'd love for you to read uh, 103. It's, yeah. it's got to be one of the... It's one of those I highlighted the whole thing. So yeah, it's yeah. A, that means it's pretty pretty good. Absolutely. <laughs> Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is in that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good, mm. so that your youth is renewed like the eagle's. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. Mm. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the people of Israel. Mm. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. Mm. He will not always chide, nor will he keep his anger forever. He does not deal with us according to our sins, nor repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his steadfast love toward those who fear him. That's pretty amazing, isn't it? That is that is amazing. Uh, it's so good. You know, bless the Lord or praise the Lord, oh my soul. And I love the fact, hey, don't forget what he's done. And mm-hmm. he's going to list it. He forgives your sins. He heals your diseases. He redeems your life from the pit. He crowns you with love and compassion. You maybe saw I was writing one where he satisfies you. I didn't have that up there. He mm-hmm. satisfies you up there, up on the board I wrote. But again, the Lord's love, the Lord's compassion, he's compassionate and gracious, slow to anger. Thank God. Doesn't treat us the way our sins deserve. Thank God. Separates us of the sins as far as the east is from the west. You know, he's a father with compassion. No matter, when I feel like junk, when I feel like like a pond scum, I mean, it's just, <laughs> what a great reminder of just bless the Lord because he's done all these things for mm-hmm. us. If this is true. If we're forgiven, healed, redeemed, crowned, satisfied, you know, Yahoo. Yahoo. Yahoo, indeed. Yeah. Let's go to 104. Yeah, 104. It's, uh, we, we, I played a little song for you. Yes, the creation started. song. The creation song by Fernando Ortega. For those of you who love looking at the beauty of God's creation, this song, Psalm, is for you. You know, it just, it just kind of interesting imagery of who God is. He wraps himself with, in light as with a garment. Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh, that's pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. He walks on the wings of the wind, mm-hmm. you know. He uh, set the earth on its foundation so that it should never be moved. Yeah, he touches the mountains. They smoke, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, but it's, it's uh, the, the moon knows its seasons. The sun knows its course. I mean, it's just, uh, it's, it really shows his, he, God is designer, creator over, over all of creation, mm-hmm. all, all under his command. And 
I don't know. It's pretty cool. I got it was good because I got caught on a uh, Instagram page last night uh, with like a space page and showing like speed of light and how oh big gosh. Earth is and how small our sun is compared to oh, other yeah, stars yeah, and everything. Yeah. And when you start going down that rabbit hole, it's mind blowing about mind-blowing. how big and space is. Yeah. <laughs> you ever think did God create life anywhere else? You know. I mean, well, well t- talking about Tim Keller, he had a tweet of, and it was when. Elon Musk talking about SpaceX and looking for life and want to be a multi-planetary species and trying to get to Mars and everything. He's like, the best thing you can read to kind of understand this was the C.S. Lewis trinity of the space trilogy. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it kind of talks about it. And, and it was pretty interesting. Yeah. You, uh, yeah. I, you know, I don't, I don't remember the space trilogy, but I know he talked about it. It was, it was a, I, I read it. The first one was really good. It was a, it was a tougher read for sure. Yeah, they're, yeah. they're, they're pretty long and, and, there's some imagery in there. There's some imagery in there. Um, anyway, so let's let's wrap up Psalms. We said Psalm 104. Mm-hmm. You know, again, this is a call to seek the Lord and rejoice, to remember, you know, just to remember his works and what he has done. To, I love the fact that, you know, we are called to remember his works, but he tells us he remembers his covenant promises. Mm-hmm. Think of that reality. You know, don't forget who God is, but don't forget he'll never forget you. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll never forget his promises to you and to me. It's awesome. Absolutely. Good stuff. Great stuff. Wrap it up. Yeah. First Samuel. First Samuel. I mean, uh, we're 15 through 25. Mm-hmm. It starts with the Lord rejecting Saul. He did not last long. You know, he was not a godly man. He was uh, the people's choice. And, uh, uh, you know, he, he is in and out pretty quickly. Yep. So that's 15, the Lord's rejecting of Saul. 16 is kind of the, it is the anointing of David, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which is absolutely interesting. And right immediately after that, David's called into Saul's service, not as a warrior at first, but as a musician, bringing, <laughs> calming his soul. And you see this budding relationship with David and Jonathan, which is going to run throughout this book, this beautiful, although Jonathan is Saul's son. And the heir of the kingdom, Jonathan knows that David is the real anointed king to come. He knows that that's the future. And he loves David as a friend and David loves him. And in the midst of Saul hating David and being jealous of David, that that relationship's been beautiful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and there in 15 too, it says, has the Lord... Has the Lord great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of divination, and presumption is as iniquity and idolatry. Because yeah. you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Boom. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, that's uh, <clears throat> you remember, that was because uh, he had specific instructions of what to do at this one town that mm-hmm. has been plaguing God's people, and he didn't do it. He says, I'm going to save some of the best animals. And then he says, oh, to, so we can sacrifice to the Lord, whatever. <laughs> Obey him. Don't bring the sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, that's, that's. Uh, I love how, by the way, I, I'm getting deep in the woods here, but when 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 Saul says, hey, I, comm- I, 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 I did everything the Lord commanded me, and then uh, Samuel will say, "What's this bleeding of uh, the bleating of sheep in my ears? How come <laughs> if you you weren't supposed to keep any of these sheep here? You know, and, oh, I want to sacrifice them anyway." Uh, we talked about fifteen. We talked about sixteen. And seventeen mm-hmm. is this small little v- v- chapter called David and Goliath. Yeah, ever heard of it? I mean, it's just unbelievable. And uh, I mean, what what a great story. I know that people have all heard of David and Goliath, but. You know, what I believe, a lot of times Christians talk about how most people talk about that story and botch it in the gospel sense of like, hey, be more like David, 
you can fight your battles, whatever you're facing, bring five smooth stones. Mm -hmm. But it really is a story of how one represents all of God's people defeating the, the, the enemy in front of him. And that's Jesus. I mean, mm -hmm. Jesus comes and he's going to tackle the Goliath of sin and death. And he is going to conquer. And through his victory, we're going to have victory. And uh, yeah, it's a... Uh, and, and it's an amazing story. You have any more insight from that you wanted to share? I had one more piece, but I'll throw no, it. No, no, go for it. Um, I love the fact that in that story, Saul tries to give David his, his armor, and David's like, this doesn't fit. It doesn't <laughs> feel good. This doesn't work. You know, you got to use your own equipment. you yeah. got to use what God gave you. I just you. feel like you looked like a little kid with this huge I, armor yeah, exactly. on. Exactly. <laughs> it's so true. I got that image, too. With his dad's shirt on or something like, like that. This does not work, you know? And so... Uh, Anyway, he's got to be nimble. That he's got to be nimble. He's got to be. He's got to be David. Mm -hmm. And you got to be Brooks, and I got to be Jeff. What has God given us? So, and then, and then in eighteen, we see Saul starting to get jealous because they're singing songs. Mm -hmm. You know, they come back from victory. Saul has killed his thousands, but David is tens of thousands. <laughs> and David's like, what? He's getting more ink than I am, and uh, it's not good. And uh, he, yeah, he was a little jealous when I said the women came out of all the cities of Israel singing and dancing to meet King Saul with tambourines, with songs of joy and with musical instruments. And the women sang to one another as they celebrated. Saul has struck down his thousands and David his ten thousands. His tens of thousands, <laughs> yeah, which is crazy. So Saul, I think, was supposed to give because of the defeat of Goliath a, a, uh, a wife of one of his daughters to David. But now he says, I'm going to get David by saying, hey, David, I'll give you my daughter. All it's going to cost you is a hundred foreskins of, of the <laughs> Philistines. I mean, go kill a hundred of our enemies and I'll give you. And he's like, okay, I, I, I got gotcha. you. Mm -hmm. And uh, I mean, golly, it's just yeah, pretty, pretty amazing warrior. And uh, but again, then you start seeing after that jealousy in 18, 19, Saul mm -hmm. starts to try to kill David. And yep. you see the the oath that J David and Jonathan take with one another and you know that's where it, this the rest of this is going to kind of go down I mean then you know D David and Jonathan's relationship in verse chapter 20 Saul's going to explode on Jonathan and call him names and say it's so funny your mother your your mother was a bad person of course he doesn't take any credit you know <laughs> and uh um don't you know that if David's alive you'll never be king and mm -hmm. uh um, you know, it's, 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 it, it just deteriorates from there. The, the, the family is falling apart. Saul is losing his mind a little bit. And David <clears throat> goes on the run and in chapter 21, he goes in and they take the consecrated bread that mm -hmm. was only set up for the priest. And, and Jesus is going to mention that story. But then sadly, this dude, the Edomite, uh, saw the whole thing go on and he's going to kill that priest and 85 other priests. I mean, it just, it shows us that. Saul's kingdom is so evil and bad. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's so corrupt. It's so self-seeking and not good at all. And that's what uh, that's what they said when they first, when the Israelites first wanted a king too. That this is, wasn't a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Look, look, <laughs> they look, knew this would happen. Look, look what's going to happen. And so, um, you know, and so I think that the, the twenty-three, you're, you're basically going to have uh, um, Jonathan and David uh, are still going to be united. You know, you got David on the run. Um, it hiding and mm -hmm. uh, I can't even read my writing there you go then 24 David spares Saul so yeah. after all of this Saul hunting him down clearly hates him and everything yeah. David still spares his life which is amazing what, what a cool story goes in the cave to relieve himself and mm -hmm. David's men are back there hiding I mean, <laughs> this would make great cinematography yes you know, you know? this would be great and, he, and everybody's like kill him kill him <laughs> he's like no I can't touch the Lord's anointed but cuts off his robe and mm -hmm. yeah that's 
It's one of the one of the two times that he had the chance. It's pretty yep. cool. Yeah. And twenty five Samuel dies, and it's just kind of a end of an era, mm-hmm. and uh, you know things seem to be spiraling a bit. Yep, we were chugging along in the Old Testament. Yeah, it's good stuff. Oh yeah, the 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 kings they're uh, they're not going to be great great kings. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know the northern kingdom. Well, now I'm giving tip my hand. There's going to be a divided kingdom, but the the, the north is not going to have one good one. It's mm-hmm. going to be Ofer. Going to be a, a, a complete Ofer. Yeah, complete a throw, throw a, a, an egg. Yeah, terrible. So, anyway. What updates do we have before we get out of here? You know, I loved our luncheon this last Sunday. The biggest thing that comes to my mind is that uh, on June 4th, we're going to have a new KC in the AM. Um, I'm really excited about that uh, uh, with Charlie doing with gender and sexuality. We're also, uh, we got a guest speaker this weekend. Mm. David Outing's going to be here. Oh, nice. Sunday. There we so, go. Yeah, so David's going to be here. Uh, some good stuff's coming, so... Uh, May God richly bless King's Chapel. Sounds good. We will see you guys Sunday. Blessings, Brooksy boy. See you guys.